It is good to be here again this morning. Um, yeah, this was home starting back in about 1984 for a good little while. And uh, it, uh, there are still some familiar faces here from, when, from then, a lot of new faces. Davy's grown up a little bit since 1988. What I have to share this morning, the title is For Sale or Not For Sale? There's a phrase that I want to come back to a little later, but I noticed it in our... Uh, in the song that we sang, Break Thou the Bread of Life, there was a phrase in there that caught my attention this morning. It said, I hasten to obey. You know, for your child, if they aren't quick to obey, it becomes easier to disobey the next time, and the next time, and the next time. Because that delayed obedience, well, I'll just tell it like I heard somebody else say it one time. Delayed obedience is disobedience, okay? But when we are slow to obey as children, it becomes easier to disobey. But you know it works the same way for us as adults? When we're slow to obey the truth of God's word, it becomes a little easier for the devil to work in. You've probably heard the statement that anything's for sale at the right price. You know, somebody comes, is this for sale? Nope, it's not for sale. Well, would you take this much for it? And if the price gets right, we'll pretty much sell out. I want to look at the king of Israel a little bit briefly and then I will look at some examples in scripture do you know that the scripture says that somebody sold out it's found in 1 Kings 21 20 Ahab said to Elijah have you found me O my enemy Elijah said I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. This is what Elijah found Ahab after Ahab had Naboth put to death for his vineyard. Naboth would not sell out. But scripture says that King Ahab sold out to do evil. Ahab, I mean, Naboth had a sign up that said, not for sale. Now, I don't know that he had a sign up, but he said, I'm not going to sell it. Ahab had a price. Ahab knew the price. Naboth knew the value. Naboth would not sell or trade the inheritance of his fathers. So why didn't Naboth sell out? He could have had a better vineyard. Ahab told him, you know, I'll trade it, I'll pay you the price, 
just sell it to me. But really, Naboth couldn't sell that vineyard to Ahab. It wasn't for sale. And Naboth stood true. In verse 2 of 1 Kings 21, it says this, Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near, it's next to my house. And for it I will give you a vineyard better than it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Now, see, Naboth knew what God had said. I'm going to go back through just a little bit and explain why Naboth could not sell this vineyard to Ahab. It wasn't for sale. A man could not not sell his inheritance permanently. Back in Leviticus, it says, The land shall not be sold permanently, for for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. So that's one one case. A man could not sell his inheritance permanently. The next one, it is not to be it was not to be sold out of his tribe. Naboth couldn't sell it to Ahab because he wasn't of the same tribe. Numbers 36, 7 says, So the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not change hands from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. Naboth said, It's not for sale. I can't sell it. Verse 8 of Numbers 36 says this, Every daughter who possesses an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be the wife of one of the family of her father's tribe, so that the children of Israel may each possess the inheritance of, their father, of his fathers. Thus, no inheritance shall change hands from one tribe to another, but every tribe of the children of Israel shall keep its own inheritance. They could not sell it outside of their tribe. Next, an inheritance could not be taken forcefully even by a prince. In Ezekiel 46.18 it says, Moreover, the prince shall not take any of the people's inheritance by evicting them from their property. He shall provide an inheritance for his sons from his own property so that none of my people may be scattered from his property. Naboth said, it's not for sale. I can't sell it. God said not to sell it. You can't have it. Ahab said, it's close to me. I want it. I'm going to get it. Well, Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. Because, see, that was one of the places where Ahab sold himself out and the wife that he had. Sometimes we sell things at a loss. Some things are sold at a loss no matter what the price is. Anytime someone sells out to sin, they always sell out at a loss. Anytime someone sells out to sin, they always sell out at a loss. So I want to look at a couple of Bible characters that sold out and a couple that wouldn't sell out. 
first one I want to look at is Esau. Esau sold out for a meal. Genesis 25, 29, it says this, Now Jacob cooked the stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. Esau said, Look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, you might say, well, what was the sin of that? We sell out pretty cheap sometimes. Esau gave up the future for the present. We're living in a time today when what we can get now is what we need to get regardless. The birthright meant God's favor, God's blessing, future happiness, future blessings. Now, I know sometimes we get critical of Jacob, and uh, maybe, maybe rightfully so. But, you know, I don't find God condemning Jacob for his blessing, for the things he enjoyed in life. So I find I need to be a little careful in my criticism of Jacob. This meant God's favor, God's blessing, his future happiness. It meant the land of Canaan as he gave this birthright up. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Sold out. Sold out that blessing. Esau's sale was final. Hebrews twelve seventeen says this, For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no peace, no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. There was no reversal when Esau's sale of that birthright down the road when he wanted it back. I thank God that even though I sold out at times through life, there was a remedy. Esau didn't have a remedy. The next person I want to look at that sold out was Samson. Now, nothing in here says, uses the word sold, I don't think. Samson sold out to the wooing of a woman. 
And the way she did it was she questioned his love for her. In Judges 16, verse 15, it says this, Then she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. As I thought about this, I'm not sure that it was a question of love here. I think maybe it was a question of Delilah's love for money. Because she saw the dollar signs of what she could get if she could get the answer to Samson's strength. This woman pressed him daily. In verse 16 of Judges 16, it says, It came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And the result was he sold out. He told her all his heart. In verse 17, it says, continuing on, so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart, And said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be as any other man. I want to read some from Proverbs 5 in relation to this, because... The older I get, the closer some of these wooings of woman come to the people that I know. I see people that are falling for this wooing of another woman. It's interesting to me to note that a lot of times the Proverbs, you have a verse here, and then the next verse is totally different, and the next verse is totally different. Proverbs 5 dwells on one uh, thought, one basic thought. And that is of the dangers of looking out where you're not supposed to be looking. Proverbs 5. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Think about Samson as I'm reading these. Or think about other people that have fallen into this trap. Verse 5, her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way from her, far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth. And thy labors be in the house of a stranger. I'm going to stop there just a little bit. I see people that are wearing themselves to the bone to try to take care of more than one woman. That's what it says here. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. Verse 11. 
and thou mourn at the last when the flesh when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say how have i hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined mine ear to them who that instructed me i was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. I'm going to stop reading there. Samson yielded to the words, and the scripture here talks about uh, the words that drip as in honeycomb and their mouth is smoother than oil but really it's bitter she set on hell according to verse 5 Ananias and Sapphira they kept back part they sold out to greed now, Scripture tells us it was theirs. They could have sold it and kept it all. But they sold it and said they brought it all and didn't. They kept back part. Acts 5 verse 1 says, A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. You know, today we have many that are not willing to give all. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go and sell your farm and you give 100% of it to the church. Uh, you know, we need, well, we're not going that way. Uh, I think you understand what I'm saying. But many today are not willing to sell out to God with all their heart. They want to keep back part. They're not willing to fully Surrender to God. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost and to God. In verse 3 of Acts 5 it says, Peter said to them, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Peter said to her, talking about Sapphira, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and will carry you out. They lied to God and to the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the, the big problem wasn't that they lied to Peter. And the apostles, yes, that was a problem, but in doing that, they were lying to God and the Holy Spirit. They wanted to appear generous. They were hypocrites. They were greedy. They were liars. You know, we talked about in Sunday school a little bit about our life lining up with what we say. Their life, what they did, did not line up with what they said. They said, well, here it is. Here's all of it. But it wasn't. And you can think of 
others that sold out to greed. Gehazi, after Naaman was healed of leprosy, went out. He lied to get benefits. And Judas. The next one I want to look at is Demas. He sold out for this world. Had a close friend that made a statement about one of their children that left the faith. And somebody asked, What happened? He said he was like Demas. He loved the world. In 2 Timothy 4.10 it says this, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Whatever God's favor is sold for, it will be at a great loss. Jesus speaking in Matthew 16, he says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desire to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I believe it's in Mark, it adds the word, take up his cross daily. It's a daily walk. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. We need to sell out to God, not to the world. Too many times we look at the failures of others without looking at the successes. Came across this quote, says, one falling star gets a lot of attention. You know, you go out and look up in the sky at night whenever there's supposed to be a meteor shower and that one star that falls gets a lot of attention. Well, that was wonderful. That was great. We want a picture of it. We want whatever. We fail to notice the thousands and millions and billions, and I don't know how far you could go of stars that are there. And, you know, the interesting thing is the further man can look, the more he finds out he can't see. I want to read a few verses from Psalm 37. Starting at verse 34, it says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. And you know, rarely do you find that falling star. Anybody. Verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. 
So I want to look now at those that were not for sale, would not sell out, could not be convinced to sell out. First one is Joseph. And most of you probably know the story of Joseph. And lest I forget it, I've made this statement before. When you come into a situation, into circumstances that are not good to be into, be a Joseph and run. Joseph would not sell out. Genesis 39, verse 7, It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Joseph said, My master gave me everything. He doesn't even know what's here. Verse 9, there is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against my master? Is that what he said? No. He said, how can I do this and sell out from God? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And men, that's what you've got to do in situations such as this. It's not a sin against another person as much as it's a sin against God. And there are people today that know better that are selling out to God. No, they're selling out to the devil and his devices. Verse 10, so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got himself out. He ran. And then he was falsely accused. I want to put out another little warning here. Stay out of situations that you can be in the situation that Joseph was in relation to Potiphar's wife. Because it's your word against hers. And I can, uh, I still remember one place that I worked, somebody was going through difficult situations, was in the hospital. And the boss told me that I ought to go and see this individual at the hospital. They knew who I was. And I went to the front desk at the hospital, gave the individual's name, and they said, that name doesn't show up. Later on, this individual was accusing the boss's son of things that were Far from the truth. I thank God to this day that that name didn't show up on that register at that hospital. Don't get in those situations. 
because sometimes accusations start flying even when nothing happened. He refused her daily attempts to cause him to sin against God. He made every effort not to be with her. He would not sell out. He didn't even have any family members within miles of him. Nobody would have probably found out. Well, but he knew that God knew it. And we need to keep that in our mind as we go through life. Sin, for any reason, is too cheap to sell out. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But we can have the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Daniel would not sell out. He purposed in his heart. In Daniel 1.5 it says, The king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of his wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Verse 8 says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not sell out. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Later on in Daniel's life, in chapter 6, verse 9, says this, When therefore King Darius signed the written decree... Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. You know, we don't wait until the temptations come to start a prayer life. This says that Daniel did as he did from early days. And I've been challenged, you know, there are details that Daniel took that uh, have impressed me. When Solomon built the temple, he made a request to God that if the people, the children of Israel, were taken into a foreign country, he requested that God hear them if they made prayers toward that temple. I think there's a significance when it says that Daniel opened his window, which was turned towards Jerusalem, and prayed three times a day. Daniel would not defile himself upon orders, but he would pray against orders. He was ordered a certain diet and teaching. He was ordered not to pray, and he violated them both and would have suffered the consequences uh, if, well, he did suffer the consequences. He was thrown into a lion's den that didn't have any teeth to it. Yeah, they probably had, well, they had teeth because you know the rest of the story. 
Because when those accusers were thrown in that same lion's den, I think the same lions were there, they had teeth. And they didn't grow overnight. The Hebrew men refused to sell their loyalty to the one true God. They believed that God was able to deliver them. And you know what? I have felt like I've been in some tough times where there's no way out. So I guess I don't think that the God of the three Hebrew children is still alive today. He's still alive, the same God. Daniel 3.12 says, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, harp, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? These three men's answer was this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, in other words, if you throw us into this fiery furnace, our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They would not sell out. They weren't for sale at any cost, even to the, to the giving of their very life. They believed God could do it. They knew God could do it. They didn't know if God would. But they told King Nebuchadnezzar, even if God doesn't, we're not going to sell out to you, to this image, to any other thing. We're gods, and we're going to stay that way. Now, I probably have said this here before. Um, if you come up to our farm and walk into the milking parlor for a couple minutes, and you come back down to the house or come here to church, I can tell where you've been. No, I can't tell that you've been in my milking parlor, but I can tell that you've been in a barn somewhere. You couldn't smell it on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You couldn't even smell the smoke. You go out and stand around a campfire and see if anybody can tell you've been around smoke or not. Their hair wasn't singed. Their clothes weren't burned. The ropes were gone. Not even the smell of smoke was on them. They would not sell out. They were not for sale at any price. 
The last one I want to look at is Peter and John. They would not sell out their right to preach the gospel. In Acts 4.18 it says, They called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They said, should we listen to you more than to God? God said to do this. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They would not sell out. We need to have a not for sale sign up. No question about whether we're for sale or not. It is not worth it to sell out at any price. The devil will bargain with you, but it's not a bargain. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58 say this. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You sell out, your labor is going to be in vain because that leads to death, or that is death. The wages of sin is death. The gift is eternal life. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stand your ground. Be faithful. Don't let anything hinder your journey to that eternal reward. Don't sell out to anything but Jesus Christ. Selling out to anything else is a lost cause. We have a song, please.